everyone. Welcome to All the Tea in China. As a former apprentice producer of Performance Hub in Belgrade, I interview live artists and invite them to send recordings of their personal encounter with Yovanovitch and Performance Hub. This is Bu Rong. Stay tuned. Been a while since we met for the last time.、Uh, I remember it was in Belgrade in summer 2016 when I facilitated and participated in your three-day live art workshop entitled "A Fragment Limits." I may ask, when was your first time in Belgrade? What brought you there?、Uh, did you come across Marta Ivanovic and her live practice during your visit, or? Yes, or you met in different occasions, for instance. And how did you know each other? Before answering to your questions thoroughly, a preamble is really necessary by my side. Being a Venetian citizen, I have always paid attention to and somehow felt for the fortunes and misfortunes of the Balkan Peninsula. The history of the Venetian Serenissima Republic has been intertwined to that of the Slavic population for centuries. Venice stands on the water because of thousands and thousands of tree trunks from the Slovenian forests were driven into the mud of the lagoon to support the fundaments and the constructions of houses, palaces, churches, and buildings that constitute the urban tissue of this unique city still today. The backbone of the troops of the Lion of San Mark was made up by the excellent Dalmatian Guard, the last one. To surrender to Napoleon during his seizure of Venice at the end of the 18th century. Geopolitically, the population of the Balkan countries are our closest neighbors. The eastern coasts are only 15 nautical miles away from the Venice Lido shore, the island where I was born and grown. On days with a clear sky, they can almost be glimpsed, just as I could see and hear clearly. The American jet fighters speeding up and down the northern Adriatic Sea to go and bomb Belgrade and Serbia during the 90s, those of the devastating Yugoslavian war. Those were also the years of the first waves of inflow migration from the Balkan countries to the northeastern regions of Italy. Because of that war, many people were forcibly displaced or left their hometowns to escape from the war atrocities. In late autumn 1993, one day I met on the street a young Kosovo boy begging for food nearby my house. He had just reached Venice on foot a week before, covering a distance of 1,300 kilometers about. I helped him to find a job as a laborer in the sector of building refurbishment. He was not the only one to cross the Italian border in that way to find shelter elsewhere. So far away from home, there were hundreds and hundreds of them. I made friends with some of them, mostly from Kosovo, Croatia, and also Albania. 
Italy, in fact, had been the main immigration target for the Albanian exodus after the breakdown of the communist regime in 1990 in the country. And then the subsequent socio-economic instability, a looming fear of civil war, and lack of confidence in the democratization process. In March 1991, more than 25,000 Albanians crossed the Strait of Otranto into Apulia. I started collecting the stories of some young refugees, dramatic stories. Many years later, I will deliver them to an Authoria Italian literary magazine. In 1997, curator and friend of mine, Chiara Bertola, hired me to coordinate the exhibition Artists for Sarajevo, a collateral event of the 39th International Art Exhibition of the Venice Biennale at the Quirini Stampalia Foundation, in cooperation of Bevilacqua Lamasa Foundation in Venice. The project was based on Enver Hatsiomaspahic's idea to rebuild the Museum of Contemporary Art in the city of Sarajevo, destroyed by the war in 1992. It aimed to create its collection by involving the most famous artists on the international scene in an exhibition in 10 European locations. The Venetian project involved nine artists, Alighiero Boetti, Nan Goldin, Ilya Kabagov, Joseph Kossuth, Julian Opi, Mimo Paladino, Remo Salvadori, Cindy Sherman, Rosemary Trocker. During the 90s, because of the Bosnian War, the Kosovo War, and the progressive, inexorable fall of the dictatorship, the situation for the Serbs and Montenegrins was most dramatic. The closure of borders and the several rounds of international sanctions imposed against the former Federal Republic of Yugoslavia by the United Nations, the United States and the European Union forced the people to become accustomed to periodical shortage. Long line in stores, cold homes in the winter, restriction on electricity, lack of food, antibiotics, vaccines, anti-cancer drugs and functioning equipment such as X-ray devices in the hospitals. Poverty was at its highest in 1993, with 39% of the population living on less than $2 per day. In May 1994, the suicide rates had increased by 22% since sanctions were first implemented against the country. They started slowly to be withdrawn following the overthrow of Yugoslav president dictator Slobodan Milosevic in October 2000. The decade of dirty wars and atrocities that brought to the Yugoslav secessions began with the fading of the Cold War. On the one hand, the ethnic and religious cleansing that happened at the hands of Milosevic is unjustifiable and unforgivable. Yet, as Noam Chomsky accurately described in his book The New Military Humanism, published in 1999, it would take a heavy dose of intentional ignorance to interpret the facts as merely as such. Greater responsibility of how all this mess happened is to be attributed to the overt NATO threat of direct invasion and the colonial imperialist policies masked under the name of the peace process, which is a term used reflexively to refer to Washington's stance and of its Western allies whatever it may be, to overpass and therefore undermine diplomacy. It is a practice 
that has been particularly instructive in the Middle East and Central America, just to use an abominable politically correct adjective that does not justify at all the continuous widespread humanitarian disasters that heavily hit all those places and are under the eyes of everyone who have sophisticated high-tech weapon force and rule our planet, continue to profess that the military intervention is right, just and necessary, to keep the world in order according to their liking. Same with the brute economic policy that they apply, which create more poverty and malaise than well-being. 10% of the world population lives in a condition of extreme poverty. Half of the global population is in serious economic difficulties. In 2015, the World Bank stated that over 25% of the world's population lives on less than $3.20 a day, and nearly half lives on less than $5.50 a day. So let's also think of those who live on less than $100 a month. There are millions of them too. In our artistic journey, my art partner and wife, German artist Verena Stenke, and I have always had a lot of attention for the art that comes from the most economically disadvantaged countries and social categories. Often, the artists of those countries express a vital charge, a survival force that is almost unknown to those who belong to environments and situations of privilege. Since we have started the Western page in 2006, we have focused a lot of our artistic research on these themes. We have traveled and worked in many countries undergoing economic depression precisely to experience and learn, contaminate our artistic language, acknowledge different visions, perspectives, and ultimately hopes. The first time we went to Belgrade was in December 2009. After having presented our durational performance, Speak That I Can See You, at Alipasha Castle of Port Palermo in Bambania, in August 2007, at the Kosovo Contemporary Art Gallery in Pristina, December 2007, and in Skopje, Macedonia, for the 14th Biennale of Young Artists from Europe and the Mediterranean, and have experienced the complex, difficult political situation of those countries, we were desirous to learn more about neighboring Belgrade. We wished to see with our eyes the wounds the reconstruction process of the capital city of former Yugoslavia, know its people and their moods, its artists and their ideas. We entered in contact via email with Zorica Jovanovic and Dragan Ignatov, idea makers of flexible art, an informal network not active anymore, based in Belgrade, that at that time was operating between individuals and organizations to search for creative authors through direct and personal communication. Their aim was to explore new strategies and approaches that entwine creativity with daily life, 
eventually displacing events into the urban city space. Moreover, we share the core concept on which they founded Flexible Art Network to help people through art-making processes that propose alternative ways of living with a focus on our common evolutionary goal, that is, to accept one another without discrimination. Demonstrating our interest to visit Belgrade and to do a work in the city, Zoritz and Dragan put us in touch with theatre director Gordana Lebovic and experimental sound artist and computer engineer Vedran Vucic of Omen Theatre Association. Vedran Vucic had volunteered in various humanitarian operations on the border between Serbia and Bosnia during the Yugoslavian War. Luckily and unexpectedly, things went quite fast. In December 2009, Lebovic and Vucic invited us to hold an intensive two weeks workshop in the frame of their international educational project titled Art is Art, Everything Else is Everything Else, dedicated to introducing young artists to contemporary technologies in performing arts. The project was supported by the Embassy of the Netherlands in Belgrade and the Ministry of Culture of Serbia, and it took place at the renowned Bitev Theatre of Belgrade. Marta Jovanovic is a refined soul, a friend and a focus artist. Although her life experiences are often the materia prima of her works, she sincerely cares about the other self. She operates with discretion, strength, determination, and also humility. When she realizes or collaborates to projects that involve more artists and people, she never just opposes her interest before those of the others. This is the Marta we know. Our relationship with her began to consolidate a couple of years later after the Venice Agendas event. In June 2015, interviewed by the New York Times, she kindly cited the Venice International Performance Art Week, the ongoing live art exhibition project that Verena and I conceived and have been curating since its inception in 2012. We expressed to her our gratitude via email, and so we started our correspondence. She acknowledged us of her efforts to re-establish an internationally recognized performance art scene in Belgrade, her hometown, as it was once. She acquainted us on Performance Hub, the performance art education program founded by her in collaboration with Milica Package and G12 Hub, which we found to have a similar mission to the education and learning program of the Venice International Performance Art Week. In June 2016, Marta Jovanovic invited us to Belgrade to screen one of our performance-based films and hold a three-day workshop for the students at the Italian Cultural Center of Belgrade as part of the program of Performance Hub. The screening was dedicated to our movie trilogy Sinfin while the workshop, entitled Fragile Limits, focused on the concept of the three bodies, the physical body, 
the mind body and the psyche body. The dedication, commitment and desire to learn go beyond one's comfort zone shown by the six worship participants left us with an excellent impression. We looked for the right occasion to present this emerging Serbian performance artist abroad. So, in December 2016, we invited the G12 Hub to participate as a cultural partner at the third Venice International Performance Art Week, Fragile Body, Material Body. We asked Marta Jovanovic and Milica Pekic to design a co-curatorial contribution, which could encompass the past and the present of performance art in Belgrade. Thus, they conceived the project Belgrade Performance Art Scene, One Insight, which consisted of three different sections. The first section was video conversations about new artistic practices of the 70s in Serbia, curated by Milika Pekic and Stevan Bukovic, where seminal artists Raza Todosievic, Era Midivojevic, Dunja Blažević, Ježa De Negri and Jasnat Jardovic reflect on the period of the 70s in Belgrade. The second one consisted of a video review of Serbian contemporary performance artists Marina Markovic, Branko Miliskovic, Marta Jovanovic and Sanja Kopic. Finally, the third one was the live section by performance artists Sara Kostic and Ivana Ranizavljevic, who both took part in our workshop in Belgrade and join us in Venice to present their durational performances. A few months later, in May-June 2017, Sara Kostic and Milan Jovanovic, who also participated in our workshop in Belgrade, came at the joint performance summer class by La Pocha Nostra and Western Page in the frame of the fourth educational learning program of the Venice International Performance Art Week. That same spring, while we were editing our last performance-based film, Plantain, later awarded as Best Film at the Berlin Independent Film Festival 2018, Katarina Rankovic and Ljubica Duo, also Katarina took part in our workshop in Belgrade, gifted us of an original music composition of the repertoire for the film soundtrack. 2017 was particularly important to deepen our cultural relationship with the city of Belgrade and, moreover, to enforce the continuation of our artistic liaison with Marta Jovanovic. That summer, Vedran Vucic of Women Theatre Association contacted us and asked if we were interested in collaborating to a performance theatre experimentation he was thinking of. That was how we, as artists, envision our time and our world, how it is and how it will be after a fear experienced and caused by wars and conflicts. Though still embryonic, his idea was fascinating and in line with the artistic research we are pursuing with our current performance cycle home, initiated at the beginning of 2017, and mainly consisting of collective performance operas. As an ideal reference and inspirational starting point to structure the project, Vedran Vucic 
suggested the final scene of Heiner Müller's quartet theater piece, conceptually to surpass the Brechtian dramaturgy. To do so, we initially thought to draw compositional elements from Antonin Artaud. Hence, we came up with a series of questions to develop the project and give it a clear trajectory, such as how can we perform today European memories in times when Europe is on the verge of collapsing and imploding in itself? What do we see and consequently perform out of the ruins in our post-truth era? Does to speak and perform about love and identity still make any sense? Beyond the geopolitical borders, which are the deeper boundaries that divide and separate us from each other? Where and when do we feel safe? Home or once we are together? Since the work was to be produced and staged in the city of Belgrade, with its dramatic and complex recent history, we thought that it would have made no sense to perform it just the two of us. So we envisioned a co-creation process to be made together with those Serbian performance artists who had already worked with us, while opening it also to other performers, eventually to create a proper performance opera. We decided to contact Marta Jovanovic. We illustrated the project to her. We told her of our intention to invite Sara Kostic, Ivana Ranizalievich and Katarina Rankovic to perform with us. Also, we asked her if she would have seen possible an in-kind support by Performance Hub to co-produce the project logistically. Marta willingly accepted and very generously helped us in the organization of this ambitious, difficult project from the very beginning to its final realization. Through an open call, we invited to perform with us also Serbian performers Marko Nektan and Alex Spike, and also Shola Cole from the United States, Manuel Lopez Garcia from Spain, and Albert Smith from Great Britain, who attended Franco B's workshop, organized just a few months before by Performance Hub in a location nearby Belgrade. In November 2017, we went back to Belgrade to begin the co-creation process that would have led to a new collective performance opera by Weston Page under the title After the Fear, Home 3. The co-creation process and the performance opera took place at the Capegete, an old majestic decaying sugar plant with no heating system but breathtakingly unique in its architectonical structure and character, since quite a few years transformed into a cultural space of a different kind, destined to performing arts projects and cultural events. Thanks to Vedran Vucic, renowned theatre director Ljubiša Ristic, who runs the Kapegete, granted us the space for about three weeks to realize the project and perform in its former industrial main building, 1,000 square meters about, a place so stunning, although cold, half-destroyed, dribbling wet, and almost collapsing. 
indeed, it was a challenging, engaging, rewarding experience for all of us. Working in extreme environmental conditions, due to the freezing temperature, the lack of electricity, the darkness, the dirt and the dump in spectral dilapidated industrial architecture, on the one hand, it allowed our imagination to enter a post-war climate easily. On the other, it tightened our performance team, a collective self transforming into one only body. The performers from Belgrade were all children of war. All of them performed with stamina, precision, concentration, courage, outspoken and uncompromised. And so did the others as well. Lena Todorovich, after having seen the performance, wrote, In this dead place, after everything they have been through, they came alive. And then we came alive, after everything we have been through. They asked questions, and they were ready to go over and over what happened, recreating the whole thing, to feel the pain, but this time of their own making. This dead place is where they come from, is where they come alive, after everything they have been through, and they were ready to die again. To explain what was the performance opera after the fear on three, I think there could be no more beautiful and apt words than this. Only a few weeks later, Sarah Kostic, Ivana Renizalievich and Alex Spike joined us again in Venice in December 2017 to participate at the co-creation Life Factory Prologue 1 the new project and format of the Venice International Performance Art Week. Co-Creation Life Factory is a project specifically aimed to offer tutorship to emerging performance artists to empower their practice, at the same time offering them the possibility to present officially their live works in an internationally recognized platform. We conceived this new project together with curator Francesca Carorolla in collaboration with artist Marilyn Arsen and artist duo Andre Waliprande. On June 2018, Alex Spike came back to Venice again to participate at the joint performance summer class Perception of the Self by us with artist duo Andre Waliprande as part of the fifth educational learning program of the Venice International Performance Art Week. All this to say that our relationship with Belgrade and the Serbian artist we met on our artistic path and life journey are just as good and lively as new. I remember you mentioned on the website that home, this new project, would be a project through which we migrate towards one another and ourselves. This reads as a beautiful testimony of crossing physical and metaphorical borders through artistic collaborations. Could you tell me a little bit more about your interest in performing the act of migrating in relation to some of the border issues you have been exploring and investing for many years? What is your most important work so far in Belgrade? We are not used 
to ranking our works in order of supposed importance. For the path Marina and I have chosen and undertaken, all the works that we did, do and will do, have their significance for us personally, as if they were pieces of a mosaic that is forming over time, each piece consequent to the other. However, in terms of time and preparation, the intensive workshop we held at BTF Theatre in December 2009 and the performance opera After the Fear, Om 3, presented at Capegete in November 2017, they were undoubtedly the most complex projects we did in Belgrade so far. With the expression performance opera, we do not intend to define performances which are mainly choreographed or structured a priori in every part. Our stance on that is that a performance opera should always remain open to the unpredictability of the performative process, even though, methodologically, it should always be well pondered and organized. Same as it was for the alchemists engaging in their philosophical quest, a performance opera springs from a vision or a plurality of visions and is the result of a co-creative process there in the space where it takes place, in a climax of togetherness, the lab to play out new challenges through collective work. We have long meditated on our concept of performance opera. We have been started thinking of it since October 2010, when we decided for a collective public restitution of our intensive workshop May Day, held at UNEARTE, the Experimental University of the Arts of Caracas in Venezuela, in occasion of the fifth World Encounter of Body Arts, curated by Anna Moreno. This germinal idea began to grow over time, reinforced by the various workshop experiences we led in many countries. We thought that one day it would be interesting to conceive a performance cycle of ours based on a collective non-hierarchical open work, a performative opera and ensemble created in collaboration with other artists, where different artistic and expressive languages and experiences come together and meet each other organically in respect of each individuality thus taking part in the same process and shape it together. We like to compare the idea of the performance opera to the graphics rendering of our solar system, formed by planets rotating and revolving around the sun, each of them with its complex trajectory. As well as it is complex, the life path and artistic trajectory which distinguished an artist because of his or life experiences, ideas, poetics and style. If you think to the Earth alone, it's just a marvelous solitary planetary body, but together with the other planets, it contributes to form this beautiful astrophysics miracle we call the solar system. So to understand our idea of performance opera, imagine the solar system in its totality, the planets, 
move through the sky, they orbit spreading their force pulled by the sun. In the same way, a group of performers reunites in the performative space. They are there to share their visions and concerns. They work on a concept, pushed by their urgency to respond to an emergency. Like the sun contributes to determine the orbits of the planets, visions, concerns and ideas hold, support, contain the artist's work. They are sources of form, shape, figure, resemblance and image to carry into effect and fulfill, from where the performers draw their force to imagine, respond, carry out, accomplish, resolve. Obviously, our role as conceivers requires full responsibility, providing a clear concept that can deeply interest and can be shared by everyone that we invite to collaborate with us. What we facilitate is the process of encounter, holding the space, balancing and tailoring the creative energies that come together to contribute to the realization of a common objective. Our intensive co-creation method has grown and matured over time as a natural evolution of our artistic path. However, the concept developed out of the Venice International Performance Art Week's core mission and its educational learning program. After the first three editions of the Venice International Performance Art Week dedicated to the Trilogy of the Body from 2012 to 2016, we didn't want to make of this project another hypertrophied platform of contemporary art, as there are already many in the world. The time was ripe to take on a new direction founded on the principles of artistic collaboration, cooperation and temporary artistic community. So in 2017, we initiated Co-Creation Life Factory, which was born to be a creative and performative experience of a different kind, conceived for those artists who trust in change, for the overstretched global bodies searching a home or on pilgrimage, for those artists to whom the surreal is familiar and those who dance on the limits hand in hand. For those artists who go to the space of hidden beauty and scan into the flesh of dream matter. For visionary poets, artists and performers pushed by an urgency. For those who reconcile with the mystery to let things coexist. For anything that remains alone is just a nothing per se for those artists who seek to express, not to impress, for those who take risks in the name of finding new images, for those on a journey through visible places and invisible spaces, actual places and imaginary spaces. Co-creation is also nomadism, aiming to empower one's own art and openness, structuring creative temporary autonomous zones to take action for each one of us has beautiful stories to tell. In all this, there is also the desire to open up new spaces for creation 
to the new generations of emerging artists, providing them with situations where to grow while presenting their work publicly. Being an artist is not a simple thing. Often it's a precarious life. As John Jonas once said, the opportunities to exhibit and publish one's work in formal and recognized contexts are very few for us all. This said, of course, we continue to pursue our solar artistic research and projects as Weston Page, performing, filmmaking, participating in exhibitions and writing. Also, the cycle of collective performance operas home founds on the principle of an autonomous zone of artistic collaboration and co-creation. Together with the artists that we invite to work with us, we migrate towards one another and ourselves, finding possible convergences of our different languages of expression. In doing so, we aim to cross our physical, conceptual and spiritual borders and moreover, the too many boundaries that create separation and division among people. In a time in which people continue to be displaced forcibly or by choice, this performance cycle inquires into the concept of home as ideal force of a community and site of belonging, while at the same time it questions the precarious umbrella of state systems and norms that ascribe conventional meanings to both the collective and places. During these processes of co-creation, we pose ourselves questions such as is the real home where we are heeding or where we are? <clears throat> is home heimat a sight, my body, a memory, a feeling, a heart, your hand? Is home to be taken for granted or to be worked for? How can we come from a country? How can a human being come from a concept? Within this perspective, we highlight the idea of migrating towards each other and ourselves in the Artodian anti-Brechtian tradition, underlying individual transformation more than social change, because without personal transformation, positive social change are very difficult to happen. We see necessary the act of migrating toward each other because individual and collective identities have always developed concerning the other as different. And in this process, the otherness is still subjected to the attempts of cultivation domestication, especially in the Western world. The tradition of Western thought relies on the primacy of the reason over everything. But it is the reason itself to be in deep crisis, precisely because of the illusion of having supremacy over everything. On the contrary, we believe that the recognition and acceptance of the other, the different and diverse, is at the very core of our own identity. As Dostoevsky wrote, in his The Diary of a Writer, it is not by confining one's neighbor that one is convinced of one's own sanity. Hence, we perform, migrating to one another, 
to encounter ourselves on a common ground where we can share and learn from our differences, real or imagined, not to stigmatize them as it happens too often as a negation of identity and thus a motive of potential discrimination that leads to classification in hierarchical groups and consequent oppression. To distance, the act of migrating towards each other implies the urgency of entwining more inclusive relationships among we people for our human and spiritual evolution. We believe in a people of hope, all accepting aspects of one another without discrimination, progressive, open spirits, capable of shifting the emphasis of the ethical discourse on the other from the universal concept of autonomy to respect for authenticity, reciprocity and ultimately freedom. It's an exhibition, Serbian Performance Athens, as part of the outcome of your workshop in Belgrade in 2016. In the frame of the third Venice International Performance Art Week, Fragile Body, Material Body, December 2016, the co-curatorial contribution Belgrade Performance Art Scene, One Insight, by Marta Jovanovic, Milica Pekic, and G12 Hub, was partly an outcome of our workshop that we held in Belgrade as part of performance sub-program in June 2016. After the conclusion of the workshop, we informed Marta and Milica that we would have liked to invite Sara Kostic and Ivana Ranizavievich to Venice to perform live. At the same time, we demonstrated them our interest to exhibit Milica project of video conversation with seminal Serbian artists of the 70s, of which Milica acquainted us on those workshop days, and the video review of Serbian contemporary and emerging performance artists at Marta's free choice. Obviously, the workshop gave us the chance to meet again in person with Marta, know Milica and their students, so think to a possible next collaboration with them, while increasing mutual esteem and appreciation. But all the work done for their participation in the Venice International Performance Art Week 2016 and the splendid commitment is to be attributed only to Marta, Milica, Sara and Ivana. To organize an edition of the Venice International Performance Art Week, it takes to us from six months to one year. We interlace and keep constant communication with the artists, curators and institutions we wish to invite and participate, for what we can. With those who we have met or collaborated with in the past, there is already mutual trust, respect and mutual esteem, so the communication is more straightforward. Those ones that we approach for the first time and wish to invite to perform or exhibit, artists who genuinely have inspired our artistic research, we sensitize them on the project's mission. However, it's not a matter of being strategically convincing, at least not for us, it doesn't work so. In our experience, they are the quality, objective and purpose of the project to inspire an artist to take part in it. Also, 
It is how the interlocutors perceive our beliefs, ideas, enthusiasm, and honesty of intent, and understand our integrity as persons and artists. When our late master and friend, Singaporean artist Li Wen, participated in the first edition of the project and pictured it as a gathering reunion among artists and people who looked for the pearls in the rivers of the human civilization to come to share what they found, we understood that we were on the right track. These words of his are priceless and their reward for all our efforts. And in fact, our idea was to create an environment of togetherness among artists and audience, a space of dialogue, of engaging cultural debate, learning and proactive confrontation, not merely to present performances, but a true people project. What we can say is that every time we start a new project, whether artistic or curatorial, is because Verena and I are driven by a profound urgency. Then our artistic credo, and moreover, our uncompromised vision, guide us to take the right steps to make the impossible possible. Verena and I belong to a work culture rather than of public relations to which, however, we devote right care. This to say that most probably has been what we did and how we did it and still do it that shape our artistic identity. But this is the same for many other artists that we know, and of course, also that we don't know. Then our life experiences, good and hard times, contributed to forging the persons and the artist that we are today. Being an event with no funding support, the only way to organize the Venice International Performance Art Week was to transform it into a people project since its inception, as we said before, where anyone desirous to be involved could contribute in some form to its realization. So when in spring 2012, the Italian branch of the European Cultural Center magnanimously offered and granted us its historical premises in Venice to host the event, first, we sensitized friends and local enterprises of my hometown to provide their income support to fulfill all the logistic necessities. We needed proper tech equipment, installation materials, performance materials, press materials, communication materials, post-event book catalogue, video and photo documentation, adequate accommodation and meals to offer our artists an excellent staying for a whole week in Venice. Yet we are a small team, so we have to keep a constant focus on everything since we are directly responsible for whatever happens. When you can't afford to pay cash the presence of an artist, you still need to be able to offer him or her something really unique and special, a vibration, an atmosphere that surpasses the conventional standards, even the highest standards, something that afterwards it can make him or her say, I was there too. For example, when we initiated the Venice International Performance Art Week, 
one of the fundamental aspects for us was to count on a broad audience participation, creating new ones, spreading communication not only online, in newspaper or magazines, but above all with word of mouth. The night of the opening of the first edition came more than 2,000 visitors. At a certain hour, we had unwillingly to close the doors for safety reasons, because the building was too crowded. This is not a reason that should merely make us as organizers proud. The fundamental thing is that for a performer, it is beautiful to experience the presence of a large audience that comes to see his or her performance, because it repays him her for all his or her efforts. I find it pretty depressing when to a performance just a few people attend. I always have the sensation that something went wrong. The Venice International Performance Art Week is an open event. There is no entrance ticket. This is not just to avoid what I just said, the lack of audience, but it adequately responds to our idea of art. That is that art should be free and accessible by everyone without distinction. Art and performance art is our life project. It requires our full commitment of 24 hours a day. For us, it is a love of life. Therefore, it is there that the most lucid and heartfelt experiments can be done. Verena and I are driven to practice more roads, be open to other experience. Performance art and performing art in general are the ideal ground that allow us to live, move and act in this sense. We know that we always must courageously question everything and ourselves about moving on and creating the essential condition for our work with patience and tenacity. We don't recognize ourselves in a single artistic discipline or practice in the strict sense for a long time. For us, it's all many practices and consequences of the practice. Our direct encounter with the world of performance happened because of the many previous artistic experiences we did. Visual arts, curation, theater, social theater, filmmaking, creative writing, contemporary dance, martial arts and social works of a different kind. And we do not navigate the artist network. Instead, we study and live in the world. We inform ourselves about what happens or what we can. We read a lot. We try to keep ourselves updated as much as possible, informed precisely in our artistic field. At the same time, we remain fully concentrated on our own art projects, the art that we feel and wish to realize. For you have to be open to give more than receive and roll up your sleeve every day. Art gave us the fortune to travel from capital cities to the far end of the world, meet beautiful people and artists. With dedication, we have built our artistic network over time. We do not think in terms of non-institutional or institutional artist network. These are just labels and closing boxes. We live in a world where exist multiple networks of people and artists which are very fluid 
and tentacular, always in motion, transforming, like blood cells rushing in the veins. For our collective live art, artist-led exhibition project, we invite artists whose works we believe and respond to the concept of the project. We privilege direct and personal communication with each artist. Being artists ourselves, we kind of speak their same language, so to say. If we have the chance, we go visit and talk to them in person, or find ways to do so if it is strictly necessary. If some of them are represented by a major art gallery or cultural institution, we do the same with the gallery and the institution directors and curators. In the end, we are all people. When you introduce yourself to a person with kindness, rigor, and you are determined in expounding clearly a project or topics of possible interest, the person responds with equal kindness. At least, his or her are willing to listen to you. Before Western Page with Verena, I started to operate curating, organizing, and also exhibiting my works in independent artist-led international art projects already in the late 80s and in the 90s, thanks to my late German artist and mentor friend Martin Vleko. Since 2003, I also work for major cultural institutions and art galleries as well. Living in Venice, for several editions of the Biennale, I have been often hired by prominent artists and foundations as coordinator of their exhibitions. I gain and acquire knowledge and skills by this experience and got sufficient income to reinvest it on project site-specific and spaces non-institutionalized. It has always been my passion to bring and make art moving across margins and edges. Although I don't dislike museums or galleries at all, I have ever been driven to find other forms to communicate art in different ways and settings, which are outside the abstract time of the market and the so-called cultural mainstream, to try and rebuild a human time of necessary expression. Of course, it is my poetic utopia, which, however, I have never abandoned, and that I continue to pursue together with Verena for what we can, in our own way. Since I've been starting to make art, my training camp and challenge was to realize art projects in coal mines, bunkers, decaying castles and palaces, abandoned warehouses, furnaces, deconsecrated churches, cloisters, urban sites and in nature. What I learned is that to operate in projects of such kind, you have to reinvent yourself any time to get through. You need to possess temperance, stamina and a bit of lucid folly the same time staying still within yourself, concentrated like an acrobat, because everything is so precarious. I learned that to organize international independent artist-led events at no cash and with no funding is not for the faint-hearted. It is a radical act. It is for those who have the flame of survival burning within, a sense of poetry that is about a way of life. It is a climate, a dream, a challenge, the pursuit of beauty through the invisible, in the raviness, in the hidden damp corners of a dead-end street, in the cracks and the fissures of a broken wall, knowing in advance that the result is not prescribed anywhere. Eventually, 
I learned to listen to my heart, what it asks to take me and guide. I wish to dedicate these words of mine to my mentor and dear friend, Vedran Vucic, who sadly passed away a couple of days before the conclusion of this recording.